Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 39 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Popper Commander format. I am not your host, Brad Drac V. I am a confused bystander named Alcadron. And uh, with me today is our very own PDH PhD, Liam. Liam, how are you? I am okay, Alc. How are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah, had a good week. Things are fine. That's good. This is this is where Brad comes. Yeah. Um. So, right. About that. Uh, astute listeners may have noticed at this point that uh, we have a situation. It is possible that we have uh, two situations. The the metrics for exactly what determines how many situations we have are unclear. But there's at least one situation happening right now, and that situation is. Brad messaged us yesterday, and he said, do you think you can handle the show tomorrow on your own? And uh, I'll be honest with you guys. I've known this guy for uh, less than a year, but I'm ready to jump on a grenade for this man. Not like, hey, watch this. <laughs> like, if someone else shows up with a grenade, I'll handle that, right? Like, anyway, of course I said, heck yeah, we can handle the show tomorrow. This is not a problem. But secretly, there was a problem. <laughs> the problem is I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, I executed my I don't know what I'm doing protocol. And that protocol is this. I find someone who does know what they're doing. That's the master plan. That is what we have done. So, of course, naturally, as expected, I went straight to the professionals. And so with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen... I give you the House of Commons. Man, I was listening to your show yesterday. The show music. Intro music is outstanding. Oh, it's 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 awesome. Um, I don't know where Julian Something came up here. with it. Probably some deep dark cave. Welcome <laughs> back to the the House of Commons. I am uh, your sub host, half a Brad, uh, otherwise known as Chev, and I am joined by uh, someone else who's in the audience. Uh, if you can't guess who, you probably haven't listened to our podcast, and it makes me sad. But I, I've never asked you how your week goes, Julian. I, I guess how's your week? You know, my week is uh, not been too bad. Not been too Ooh. bad. It's uh, it's it's been productive, which I think is the most you can productive. ask. Productive, at least during the week. Once the weekend hits, uh, it's all, it's well, a whole story at that point. But I mean, your favorite holiday is coming up, Julian. So I I can't expect much of you this weekend. But you know, we'll what holiday is that? We'll do what I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, there's I, there's no magic set releasing, as far as I understand. So, ah, <laughs> uh, well, it feels. Weird to be back behind a microphone. Um, we've got some great things with the PDH pod here today. We're going to talk about the new deck database. That would be cpdh.guide, uh, Clay's domain that has grown um, into encompass the entirety of competitive PDH. Uh, new PDH brews that we're thinking about, particularly of the uh, competitive variety. And then we will probably get off topic for about half of our uh, allotted time. Does that sound good to everyone? 
What if I said no? I'm that in. sounds great. Well, <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, well, welcome back yeah. to House Just... of Commons mini reprisal. We have one less host than we used to. Um... <laughs> Guys, please, they won't let me out of the basement. <laughs> <laughs> He's just been editing episode times. 16 for three weeks. <laughs> that was rhetorical. Wait, I need to... <laughs> I need to rewind just a tiny bit. Does, is one of your favorite holidays St. Patty's Day? Is that is that the the subtle innuendo that I failed to pick up on? Because we could talk about green magic cards if if that's your thing. You know, it's in my top three. I, I don't know if there's a hot take. I'm not super huge on green magic cards. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. You, are you saying green so, is in your top three colors? No, 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 no. Saint, no Saint, pa Saint Patty's Day is in my top three holidays. <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha, okay, gotcha. okay. Uh, all right. Damn, it's great. You know, like, I have to thank Julian, of all the EDH decks you play, um, especially recently, you know, Tatiova, Jolene, I don't see green anywhere. No. That's, that's nuts. You know what? All right. Uh, remember when you said about half this is going to be tangents? <laughs> we're, we're just going. Um, first, in, in, ED, in EDH, I, green, to me, is just so boring. It just feels like a necessity because green is so quintessential to what you need to do in the format just because ramp is so quintessential like obviously mm -hmm. it, at least for me it feels like if you are running a deck that can run green half your deck all of a sudden is just going to be ramp spells plus like generic creature tutors plus whatever and that just gets a little boring for me and then in pdh yeah. i chev and i you agree uh you and i agree and then we can ask the boys how they feel but uh green feels like the weakest color and it feels like it has the least interesting things going on for me so once again i just you know green it's fine it does its job <laughs> another proselytizing moment for uh pdh <laughs> i i actually do have a very cogent follow-up to that and that is uh i recently got really excited about the warhammer cards mm -hmm. and i decided i was going to build a, a cpdh not not c a pdh deck uh, one, one five, five of them, one for each color, using commanders from the Warhammer 40k. Oh wow! Like things, and so like the, the, I, I, I decided to do this because I'd already had two built that I was having an enormous amount of fun mm -hmm. with. Triarch Praetorian in black as like a weird reanimator of Ultron, like nonsense kind of thing, and then uh, Sicarian Infiltrator in blue, which I, I honestly think is low key kind of competitive, as just uh, you know have a million cards in hand and like watch people try and fight through that while i build up a board state Ooh, kind of thing okay yeah super fun uh and i i had so much fun with those that i decided i was going to build one for the other colors uh white was very easy that was an easy decision thunderwolf cavalry i think is fascinating it is a first striker that puts counters on all of your other creatures when it damages a player mm-hmm and the interaction of those two abilities is fascinating to me because all of your other creatures now deal more damage Interesting. Like the com the combat math for your non first strikers gets really weird when this first striker connects. Mm -hmm. So like I just that that was that was super fun in white, uh, red obviously noise marine. Yeah, There's yeah. no other way <laughs> you can go with that. <laughs> and then so I was I was sitting there with four decisions made and I'm staring at the green options and I I had this this moment that I think Jules just described perfectly in that like I'm not excited about any of these like they're all very kind of boring boilerplate like necessity like what am i going to do with this green card except ramp and then play stompy things so i wasn't super excited about it at first and then i started thinking about what i was going to do with the pure strain gene stealer which is a three mana one one comes in with two counters every time it attacks you can remove a counter to land fetch right into to, to ramping growth. yeah 
Mm. And at first I was like, yeah, it's just ramp and then dumb, big, dumb idiots. And I was like, wait a second, I could proliferate these counters to ramp more. And the big dumb idiots I use could also have counters on them, like Ivy Elemental and Wrecking Beast right. instead of Colossal Dreadmaw <laughs> and Boulder Branch. And like I started to get really into the possibilities, and like I, I came up with something that I'm very pleased with, but I definitely had that green is boring and bad moment yeah. that, that Julian just described. So I feel you. I, that's 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 real. Well, like a salad. Um in PDH, green is not meant to be your main course. Um, <laughs> anyone can fight me on that. A salad is not dinner. Uh, but when paired with something else, it can go really well. Normally for me in PDH, I end up with green and white, either as 1-1 counters with uh, my big man Hamza or uh, with Seder Enchanter, which is probably yes. as powerful as green can currently get. But those two things, well, I mean, besides Tatiova, but that's really just blue with a leaf on its head but it's really like green shines as an auxiliary piece because the ramp is less good the the powerful top end is not there and a lot of the draw effects that green has at the higher rarities is also not available at common so it is like a good backup dancer but i don't think Mm -hmm. it'll be a long time before it comes to the to the forefront so i love the idea of pure strain gene stealer from those one one counter aspect and able to kind of get in and attack while also ramping so you can kind of do the two things as opposed to just focusing but i i totally agree green is green is good um but the other four are better <laughs> yeah the the gold cards gold cards that have green i think yeah, actually are very that's... cool and and mm. most of them are, are quite interesting but when we're, yeah. we're strictly speaking just green uh, yeah then it drops off arbitrary or not arbitrary that's not the right word here honorary uh shard shout like wow so many bad uh, honorary <laughs> shout out to Saber Teamer Sabertooth. Uh, that one, yeah, does good sometimes. Uh, but that's only because it does a very non-green thing. <laughs> yeah, Sabertooth is wild. I am on board with everything that has been said so far. I worry that if we continue talking about this, we're going to have to delay the release of this episode until actual St. Patty's Day. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll come back around to green and its effect on all of us and why Kermit is la. Something I don't know. I missed that halfway through. Chev, you really uh, tune in again. Really in a rusty weeks. on this whole uh, ad libbing game, aren't you? I'm rusty on the trying to make green work. I've already gotten through half of it right now, and so I'm like, I don't even know what else. Like shamrock shakes. I I bought green soap yesterday. That was minty, and I'm excited for that. But uh, as far as what? magic cards go, I think that's about all I can think of currently. Here, here's how we do it. I just say sell Vala Stampede, and you get scared and run away, and we talk about something else. That's not something we have to worry about on this podcast here, Julian. Not on this podcast, but it's, I still it's was out hoping there, I'd give but... you a jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we have two other I... things. We, we've checked off the devolve into badness on the this note sheet. Uh, that leaves us with two yeah. other topics. <laughs> Anyone want to jump in? So, I, I mean, the first topic is the CPDH guide. Mm. I honestly know nothing about it. <laughs> I would love it if one of the two of you could okay. tell me what's going on. Yeah. The only thing I know about it is the uh, Discord channel. So. Yes, there's a Discord channel. So um, we'll, we'll give a little backstory, a little lore, and then we'll we'll jump right into it. So in the beginning, um, there was several people and Clay. Um, Clay has been one of the biggest CPDH um, advocates outside Ryan and, and a few of them are prolific deck builders. And for a while, there was that um, CPDH list of decks on uh, budgetbrews.club. Uh, which was hosted by Tim. Totally awesome. Like, great that it existed. But we we knew we wanted to kind of make... The database. What was that? Right? 
The database, yes, right? The database. Yeah. Some 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 clown put a marsh dinosaur Yu-Gi-Oh deck on it. Yeah, that one was that one was rough. Luckily, you know, uh, we were able to beat him into submission with um, tags oh, for okay. his cards, a proper primer, and making it cheap enough for the common man and not the eight hundred dollar uh, okay, monstrosity good. or whatever you've got in your back pocket. <laughs> those uh, those old foils are good. <laughs> oh my god, the seventh yeah. edition ones when everything yeah. else was white bordered. Those. It would be interesting to see those come back. So, so we're saying that the 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 DDB is now gone. The DDB is DD dead. Um, it does live on though. At rest in peace. It, it's been revived. You're you're cutting to the the chase a little bit early. I I have this whole build up plan. Anyway, cpdh.guy. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> is where uh, all this information now lives. You can find all the old decks and and what is known as the database at cpdh.guide/library. Uh, this is the old school, like any list that is considered competitive, and also new lists are going on as well, but with less stringent guidelines as before. Um, the big change here from the database to cpdh.guide has been a change from uh, having deck builders look at your deck and decide based on like outside, outward appearance whether or not it's competitive, and instead we're now going solely based on data. Uh, so that is the big change, you know, what constitutes a proper CPDH build that's at the top of the format? It's how often does it win, which seems pretty, you know, uh, <laughs> it makes sense once you think about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Math checks out. So it, it's kind of like the compendium, the old compendium from Tapped Out, but it's own way. Exactly. I had yeah. no idea where the word compendium came from. I thought awesome. Clay had just run out of, like, he was on thesaurus.com for database and came up with <laughs> library and then compendium, <laughs> but that makes more sense. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so yeah, the, the compendium, uh, if you just go to the, the main website, you can see all lists that have above a 25% win rate, which is, is kind of hard to come by when you're in four-player pods for this. Uh, but it's a list of, I think, like the top 15. Um, and you can kind of... It doesn't include the list. You can go to the, the library and see the list. This is just the commanders themselves. And there's also all the data that informs these win rates in the metagame stats on that top mm-hmm. nav bar. Because if there's one thing that um, cpdh.guide as a whole and they have some new people on board too that are really into data analysis so the graphs the the stats are super fun to dig into yeah chev as a, a little clarification it's not the top 15 decks but uh you have to have 25 percent win rate or better uh over at least 15 games 15, so we're yes. trying to sort of approximate the law of mm-hmm. large numbers because they know that scumbags like i would uh come in win one game with my deck and be like there we go let's let's clean it up hall of fame it <laughs> Move on to the next one. Get so Yargle you, you, in there and get out. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> until a scumbag like me shows up and says, "I don't like that commander. I'm going to deliberately lose eight games with it." There is, there, you know, there is a bit of a meta game to, to the meta game. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know a thing or two about math. Law of numbers. This is honestly like this is a thing that I have been thinking about uh, a little bit as I as I learn more about the CPDH guide. I'm wondering like um, something like bird horse mm-hmm. uh has a lot of different iterations yeah like di- a lot of different people are building bird horse decks differently from one another and i'm wondering like how how that's affecting numbers and i mean i'm sure a lot of people are like playing it differently as well like this i i mean honestly even even with different builds that doesn't matter right is if, if the commanders are facilitating five different builds that all have decent win weight win rates the commander should be on but, the compendium but do they all have decent win rates is my question so like i guess the thing that i'm wondering here is like 
Well, so I, I to to answer that, I do know that the fifteen game requirement that these uh, decks have to get to has to be recorded. These these have to be provable wins, right? So, right, right. so yeah, I've, I've you know I've done some work on the spreadsheet that he uses to track these things. Yeah, I I imagine that the deck that the the version of the deck of let's say Bodhorse has four versions and version three isn't being super successful. I imagine that would be recorded on the spreadsheet, right? People is, can look at the it is not people can it's not okay. Which is which is why this is a thing that I'm wondering about. Like when when I have put data onto the spreadsheet, I I've never recorded pilots mm-hmm. and I've never recorded mm. versions or like iterations of the deck. It's definitely something uh, that will probably need a a deeper sort of analysis as the the group continues to grow and as more and more people get into mm-hmm. competitive yeah. PDH. I think as it stands right now, you do have almost a... If you're playing a version of Bird Horse that uh, sucks, uh, you're probably going to play in recorded games once or twice, and then you might switch it out for a better one, or you might just not play recorded anymore, which isn't the best way to kind of bring in everyone but i think right now it's small enough that like if you're trying to play competitively you're going to find the best way to play that commander and you might try out a new style for a little bit in these recorded games or you know try something new and if it works great but if not you're probably going to switch back pretty easily i think you know you're not going to be beating that that dead bird too frequently yeah if we're if we're going to require 15 games then i guess the the process of getting up there is going to involve you know losing or you know, losing or winning, getting feedback, tinkering with the mm-hmm. deck, trying, trying to streamline that into the best possible version of it as you move forward. And fifteen is, like, as a, as a guy who does a lot of math, fifteen feels like a small number. But as a guy who plays a lot of PDH, fifteen is actually now that I'm thinking about it, substantial. And as a guy so, with a life, uh, if you're yeah. piloting a deck <laughs> to get to fifteen games, takes some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, that checks out. Okay. I think really the only thing that I would like to see is just as opposed to maybe pilots or specific lists, like just versions, because there are some commanders that you can, it's like, oh, maybe I'm doing a Voltron build or maybe I'm doing a control build or maybe I'm doing a combo build. I think mm-hmm. those should be switched out because I think all the other variables, they're just too much to control for. But if we say yeah. that roughly, if you and I, if we all make a different gameplay style of a certain commander, um, or no, if we all make a list for a certain gameplay style of a commander, they're probably going to be, let's say, plus minus 15% the cards that we're including. Because once again, we're just we're just using the that, best cards. There's only so many right. cards that are good enough to cut. That's fair. That's fair. But right, right. That, I, difference I in- a lot, that differs a lot more when now all of a sudden I'm building towards a Voltron version as opposed to a mid-range version or something. Yeah. That is an excellent point. When I when I said bird horse, I was thinking of sort of the distinction between my bird horse, which is tailored very specifically for a combo heavy meta, and I know mm-hmm. Ryan. I, I don't I don't know if he's updated it recently, but like for a while, Ryan was experimenting with a, a not a very different version of bird horse, but a a mildly different version of bird horse that was tailored specifically for his mid range heavy combat-focused meta. Hmm. But now that you've said this, I'm thinking of all the different people who've made Crackles. Like, Crackles aggro, Crackles control, Crackles combo. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the data does keep, uh, like, what you consider the deck's uh, type to be, right? Like, combo versus mid-range? Does it? Because if you check the metagame stats, there is a breakdown of, like type of deck archetype win archetype yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so if if that's being recorded as well in the raw data there's a chance that we could as 
more and more permutations of these commanders come up, as long as they're in different um, archetypes, you could list them separately. Oh, yeah, and I'm remembering now the sort of the conversations that happened when when Clay and Ryan decided that they wanted to add archetype to this, and I was like, I don't know what any of those words mean. I'm out. <laughs> There's there's certainly some overlap between them. I see like a combo control, combo mid range, um, control Voltron, and like it, w- once you get to the the two the hyphen, um, I'm a little lost. But I guess I have a pretty good idea of if you're thinking combo mid range aggro and sort of a rock paper scissors. That I feel confident with. <laughs> right. Yeah. At a certain point, it gets a little yeah. a little granular, but mm-hmm. you know. I'm I'm looking at this uh this site now and. I'm just I'm feeling vindicated with Breaches and Malcolm being number three on the list with a 38% win rate. Because yeah. I remember jumping I remember jumping to the format with wanting to build Breaches and Malcolm not not competitively just as like a, a janky little mm-hmm. pirates build. And then someone someone came in uh, and stomped all over and said no you should build Malcolm Kettis because Malcolm Kettis was the thing at the yeah. time. But uh, I don't I don't see Malcolm Kettis on this top <laughs> fifteen list here. I see Breaches Malcolm, which Breaches. Me, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it. Julian, but Breaches Malcolm is what Eric played when we did a a CPDH night ahead of um, g- myself going on the uh, playing with Power Stream, and the the Malcolm the Malcolm Breaches like getting those treasures every turn to just play everyone else's cards was somewhat terrifying at times. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a potent deck for a reason. Those those pirates from Commander Legends, all um, three, obviously, yeah. yeah, Malcolm and Breaches, but also Dargo as well. Uh, they've all seen multiple iterations and multiple pairings, and they're all mm-hmm. it's it's really crazy the oh, amount of advantage it, that you can get, um, especially with Malcolm. Dargo's Dargo's just broken across the board. <laughs> yeah. You see the stuff he doesn't see, Edh. Yeah, he's he's a <laughs> he's, he's a problem child for sure. All three of them, they say, no love at all for Vargas. <laughs> rest in peace captain Vargas. i was i was thinking about ghost no one love at all ghost. For ghost. oh man yeah, he's, he's, I, it's, it's I feels weird to say we've been around for a while but when ghost was like one of the the top decks you'd come across usually with tormod yeah. but uh it's it certainly yeah. has changed there's a lot more interaction you can't just spend your entire time in your graveyard anymore making tutus toast was such a cool deck though i love that deck such a great I, name too. i love toast it's toast was ideal i think my love of toast is what really (laughs) led to uh azra odds maker which is kind of if i were to pick probably my two favorite cpdh decks uh it also happens that they're in this top list but it's gut um inspiring leader that i've been playing recently and then odds maker just for the honestly feeling like the best madness commander there is i know there's anya and edh but azra odds maker just feels so much fun to kind of be playing that massive card advantage in rakdos and having that sort of like cycling through your hand just feels so, so good. I've experimented with a lot of different Madness Commanders because it is my favorite mechanic, mm-hmm. as I say here often. Uh, nothing, like, there are there are cards that Madness better than Azra. There's nothing that Madness is better than Azra while putting pressure on everyone yeah. all the time without ever stopping. Yep. Like, Vohar is a great Madness Commander, but it doesn't do anything. <laughs> it just dirtles. It's a it's like Sign a me up. super controlly deck. Yeah, I don't. Eh, it's all right. I I I hate to tear myself away from the Azra Oddsmaker fan club, but I wanna I wanna rewind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Chev said something kind of kind of tossed it out there casually, <laughs> and it feels like it deserves a lot more attention. I heard playing with power video. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it was two weeks ago at this point. Um, 
Clay, Ryan, myself, and Puzzlebox uh, did a stream that ended up on Playing With Power. Uh, has had some weird effects afterward. Uh, but that game was uh, Gretchen Titchwillow, which was Puzzlebox's build that won the um, budget CEDH tournament a while ago. So that's like one of the last things we covered on House of Commons in a totally epic build. Um, Ryan ran mm. Rilsa uh, Kingpin horrifying deck julian ran that in our game prior and i still wasn't ready for the explosiveness and clay ran uh a control build of tor wauki which didn't get to show its true potential in that game only because at least personally i was so terrified of it that it made it more of a threat without ever putting anything on the board which is unfortunate for the pilot but uh its reputation preceded it but yeah, it was a, it was a super fun game. Uh, Rilsa ended up taking it with uh, basically playing Who are you myself on? as the other sort of aggro deck. I was guts and inspiring leader, making these four one menacing oh. skeletons. Um, the two of us duked it out for initiative and monarch enough times, while the the other two decks uh, eventually got taken out, and then I was run over. So <laughs> it was a great game, but it, it just goes to show how initiative and monarch really can change like almost any any game in pdh that sounds outstanding where where can i find this game playing with powder that's youtube right yeah yeah it's on it's right on their um youtube channel uh it's let me see if i can pull it up real quick and the magic of i am not brad but i will promise you this listeners we're gonna link it in the show <laughs> not show notes the description, description I don't know show what notes Brad one does. of those <laughs> brad's brad's gonna make a link yeah brad Popper C-E-D-H is back, says Playing With Power. I think there's a lot of discussion in the comments about the name. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, that was was a really fun thing to do. What what was crazy, though, is they decided, uh, I think we sent like, hey, go to hexdrinkers.com, and they linked our YouTube channel, which I think on the day that this released, Julian woke up to about 50 notifications of new subs. Um, For those of you who haven't been to the Hex Drinkers YouTube channel, there's not a lot there. As of a year ago, there were five videos. Um, and there were still five videos when we tripled our total subscribers. So <laughs> we're at now at 95 and, you know, riding high. Um, and I, I recently just started putting all of our old uh, House of Commons episodes on YouTube just to feed the beast, I guess. But uh, we were mm-hmm. like, he kept getting hit up as the guy who's checking the email most frequently that day. Uh, with all these new people coming over to a barren wasteland of content. <laughs> M- Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's awesome. You you want content? <laughs> I, I, uh... Yeah, we can give you we can give you a couple limited streams. One uh, Hexbreakers yeah. versus Tryhards, and like one lunch EDH stream that Eric did. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I saw those things <laughs> coming, and I felt like felt like uh, the original Willy Wonka. It's like you get nothing. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Good day. <laughs> That's outstanding. Maybe we'll have to. Uh, yeah, we'll have to put those put those episodes up there just to uh, appease the people. We're for the mm-hmm. people, as we said. We're for the people. <laughs> for the people. If House of Commons stands for anything, it's competitive cards and people in general. Ain't that the We're truth. very broad at the House of Commons. I don't know what that means, but I'm into it. I'm I'm behind this plan. It, it gives us a lot it. of room learned, for... <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned from three years of podcasting with Chev, it's that when, whenever he doesn't know how to wrap up a topic, he just puts words 
into the ether and kind of hopes and, and eventually i have to be like okay well anyway here's next on the topic and i you know like yeah i'm not gonna spin uh, this way i'm gonna force someone else to <laughs> what what is next on the topic jules i have i have no idea we i mean we discussed oh no it didn't work i'm, d- I'm not jules but subscribing to the hex Drinkers youtube channel seems like a good one to do. <laughs> yes get us over do it. get us over 100 once we're over 100 then, then... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I pushed it to 96. Hey. Yeah, once, once we get to 100, I'm deleting the channel. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm going to turn on all notifications. Hit that little bell. Yeah, hit it. the bell, subscribe, like, comment, subscribe. I can't wait for, for these great creators to post the next. <laughs> hey, previously seen September of 2022, episode 2 of House of Commons is coming uh, on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like three queued up every two days. (laughs) Beautiful. I was going to say, it would be funny if you just took like all of them right at once. Then all of a sudden, Liam's inbox is just like 40 notifications. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) If only we had that many episodes. your inbox. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's enough about that, Julian. We can't let you uh, get too off topic. So why don't we uh, talk about some of the the latest CPDH brews you've been doing? Or or just PDH. I'm not going to lie. I have been, I have been, uh, I took a step back from the format, so I'm excited to hear what I missed uh, in, our, <laughs> in our brief absence. Uh, we did, we played a little bit of CPDH, um, yeah. but I have not done any brewing. I haven't really looked at any of the new lists that have been coming in, um, so I'm excited to, to hear what I missed. The the big one from the new set is called Tainted Observer, mm. and uh, the effects are very cool, which is tragic because the art is really dumb. <laughs> Oh, it's this it's a, Oh, yeah, the little bird. Yeah, the, the little bird with a, a collection of human faces. Three heads, no wings. I don't really know how it flies. Does it, like, walk? Are those things its, like, legs? Uh, it's an exercise really for the that, listener. Uh, I really wish that in the, um, the type line they put quotations around the word bird. <laughs> I know that kind of breaks the fourth wall, but come on. It's definitely a bit of a stretch. With... With... with with a sharpie you can make this happen <laughs> yeah no tainted observer i think is the new like uh because it it does like ridiculous proliferate mm-hmm. things uh or, a lot of people have been speculating that it might have um cpdh potential i don't i don't know where that i've been sort of out of the cpdh scene for a hot minute i it's yeah it's not I it's have, not in the best colors i guess for so since it's another creature, of course, my mind jumps to like, oh, great, let's get a ton of tokens in here. And besides maybe like presence of Gond, um, but you can't, you don't have the the white pieces to untap. But I guess you do have uh, the aura that allows you to untap. You can build some sort of Rube Goldberg machine to still get infinite creatures in green blue, which would give you the proliferate once everyone has like a toxic. But blue and, and green aren't really that aggro. So I guess... You'd what be playing all of the proliferate creatures that are at common, all the toxic ones. It's still a relatively small pool. Did, yeah. If we if we slide away from tokens for just a second, mm-hmm. we should probably pause to appreciate that this thing proliferates when anything flickers. Ooh. True. True. Blue true, can true. flicker quite well. True. True. So yeah, blue do be doing the flicker. Dave, I was going to ask, and this is CPDH or or PDH. I know that people mm-hmm. have been talking about it in PDH. Are we? Is this we're just doing normal, uh, like, actually Simic guild cards? Like, oh, we're doing just going really high on counters? Or are we are we actually infecting people out with this? If I was going to build this as a CPDH deck, I would be all about 
uh, I, I, my, my goal would be to give each person one poison counter. Uh, maybe with the commander, if you're feeling slow, maybe you luck into that absurd. There's a there's a blue common. Everyone gets a poison counter draw card. Yeah, yep, uh, that's a crazy card. Like if you can, if you can just hit that immediately, and then now you're proliferating. All you need is nine proliferates. So <laughs> I would it. be that's on all. that. I mean, <laughs> easy peasy. That's nine, <laughs> nine, nine ETB triggers. Yeah. That's not. That's that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Some some of the creatures are going to proliferate as well. Like if you're if you are if you ghostly flicker, bloom Hulk and blossom dryad, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 pollen bright dryad. Yeah, like, it's, it's that's two right that's there. That's four. No, it's four. You ghostly flicker. They each proliferate once when they enter. What am I missing? They also tainted observer makes them proliferate. Oh yeah, right. with the commander, okay. they have proliferate with on their uh, on themselves. Yeah, right. So like if you're if you're flickering these guys, that's four. You're halfway there. If you if you can flicker, you know, one of them and an archaeomancer, like you're still that's three, <laughs> and you have your flicker back. Like that, if I was going to build a CPDH deck, I would do that. My hesitancy to do that is just that I've been, I've been out of the scene for so long that I like I I sort of recognize that it has been like completely taken over by gut and Rilsa and just aggressive creature decks like Amber. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to make a Simic deck survive that anymore. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah. What, the the format like, has definitely gotten very aggressive recently. So I, I think you do... Having access to blue can help. You've still got things like uh, Echoing Truth that can just wipe a uh, board of skeletons. Unfortunately, you don't get mm. the deal two damage to all of your opponent's creatures like you do in red, which can be really, really mm -hmm, helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think if you played this like heavy, heavy on control... And just made sure no one else had a board. All the counter spells, um, a couple green, you know, creatures to to hold the line. Maybe some big toxic guys like Tyrannix Atrocity uh, from the recent one. That's like Haste Toxic three. Oh yeah, four four for five. That guy's nuts. Um, or a couple yeah. Death Touch ones also have toxic. So you, you can even grab the Infect mm -hmm. ones, and it's just a you know win win. Yeah. I, I think you just have to play hard on that and lean all in on the Infect win, and just not try to do too many things if you're doing it in CPDH. Yeah. I kind of almost would sense. just rather just do normal counters, mana combos, though. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like this, even no, though I mean, because then it's you're possible, not, it just feels that, like yeah, you get a couple unblockable a guys, and, put a couple counters on them, you're good to go. Because that 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 toxic one line on the tainted observer is gonna make people jittery. Yes, yeah, there is the political sure. aspect of uh, infect wins as well. Even if toxic one isn't terribly great. The mo like people are gonna be jittery from the start, and the moment you put a counter on mm -hmm. someone, game's over for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. like all all that all that aggro that you're so scared of is you're now arch enemy. Congratulations, uh, <laughs> and and not even for a good reason. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's that I, in PDH too. Like, not oh, one hundred percent is not to try and stereotype the people who are playing PDH, but like it is a casual format, and do you know what casuals hate? Infect. So uh... <laughs> guilty as charged. I mean, I, uh, it, I as well. Yeah, I think that Tainted Observer definitely wants to be on the combos, mm -hmm. mostly because like Flicker and Archimancer are already outstanding cards in the deck. Mm -hmm. Like even c combo agnostic, you're running those anyway. So like, I think the only thing you have to run to make the combo work is Peregrine Drake, which at its worst is a free two three flyer that gets you initiative. And untypes your lands and proliferates. So like, 
I think that it's it is absolutely on the, the entire flicker combo. It might. I don't think it's on the banishing neck combo lines. That would be like hard. you'd have to go deep into the 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 hermit crabs and the solitons and the those cards are not generically good for you. So I think it probably doesn't want those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think there's there's definitely some combos in there. You know, cloud of fairies, high tide. Those are all great cards for the deck. Yeah, that's. What else is uh? Hmm? Oh no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of like any other uncommons I remember from all. Uh, all will be one or all is one, whatever it is. Uh, and I honestly can't think of many. There was a lot of. I think there was some good tech at common. Um, just kind of doing a brief look through. You've got things like uh, Maze's Mantle that gives you flash and hexproof in green, which is not a color you have seen instant um, protection as often at common before. Uh, but for actual commanders, I think it was a little light. I think it's any any set that introduces a new mechanic and is built around it struggles in PDH, especially in the after block era where you we have one set with Toxic. That's not going to be enough to yeah. build your deck. We don't have enough of Infect. Um, it, it would be very hard to build a full deck around that kind of mechanic. So you kind of have to wait until it comes back in a Modern Horizons set or uh, we return to another set. But it... These these new introductions of mechanics are are very light on actual new commanders for uh, for PDH. There's no real oil commander. No, I, that's right. Oil counters. Yeah. I completely forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's the, there's a Rakdos kid that tries. He does his best. I don't think he's there. Uh, there's you know Tainted Observer. I think is the closest we have to a competitive toxic commander. Mm -hmm. uh, Finn as like as a poison counter commander. Finn got a lot better this set. Yes. Yeah. Because mm, there's, there's a ton there's, of death there's a creature touch that creatures. has death touch and infect like or death touch and toxic. Mm -hmm. I mean, so yeah, Finn 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 had a great time. Yeah, the commons. I I think I agree with you. The commons are all fairly parasitic here. Uh, was that supposed um, to be a pun? Basic. Those feel lands were. Yeah. Those those feel lands were really good for that oh, scatter yeah. package. Yeah. Scare lands. I really like. What you specifically mentioned, I don't know if you remember mentioning it, uh, kind of glazed <laughs> over it real quick in the uh, set review that we did. But I, I really like using the spheres as kind of replacements for the deserts. Yeah. Uh, dropping them as lands and then, re and then you know, sacking them later when you have the Skatilla out, rather than just dumping them for a card and then getting them back later. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the sphere set was, was great as... I mean... Cycling lands are, are all well and good, but when you get to have the land and then even without Scaratilla, yeah. just like have an extra card in the late game, especially in non-blue, yeah. that's that's incredible. I don't know what it is about the uh, new Volt Charge artwork, but for some reason the uh, the new artwork makes the cards seem better. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I literally I look at the two side by side on my desk and I'm like, why is the old one so much worse than the new one? And it's like, it has to be the artwork, like... Like, I look at the old one, and if I have that in my hand, I'm like, why did I run this cut? And if I have the new one in my hand, I'm like, this cut is amazing. Like, I... I never properly looked at the old artwork. What the heck is going on here? And why do I hate right? it? Yeah, it's like, like a I, I have the same, with legs. But, like, I have this, you know, <laughs> I have the same visceral reaction to, like, the uh, Stranger Things or the uh, Street Fighter mm. Secret Layer Commandos. Like, the, the magic equivalents seem like great cuts yeah but the but like when i when i originally saw 
and still do like like my like my my one friend has a is obsessed with stranger things and has like three decks built around him and i look at his commanders i'm like those are awful and then i i take like you know like mentally put the the innistrad skins on top of him like oh wait no those cards are amazing what am i talking about yeah like yeah it's it's (laughs) i don't know it's this weird mental block that I have, and I just I look at some of these cards, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is oh, wait no, we've had that card for years. I think the two <laughs> things I struggle with most with them is one, the frame is completely different, which I get because yeah. it's you know universes beyond or whatever. Beyond. But then it it looks less like a magic card, like the 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 coloring feels more digital than you know the original one. So you're just like, okay, not real. I thought, I thought that was the problem. And then we got the 40K set. And the 40K set feels like magic. Yeah. I think it's also the art style, especially with The Walking Dead and Stranger Things, where you're actively oh, yeah. trying no, to stranger... <laughs> paint a human that exists. Yeah. You're in this uncanny valley of like, this is a human I kind of recognize and doesn't belong on this cardboard. So yeah. that I struggle with. And then Street Fighter, of course, you need like the 3D models of the characters. So I definitely think of the three, Street Fighter has been my favorite. I also run blanca um but i'm also in the process of not using the uh, the universes within of blanca that's a, just mess of arms but i made a uh yeah. custom hellboy uh using the old godzilla treatment because uh. the godzilla treatment where you have that sort of nickname style i feel like is much more in universe even when you're referencing Ghidorah or other uh godzilla characters than these have felt me saying that the Godzilla treatment is good is not breaking news. <laughs> I don't know why, like, because the, the the Walking Dead came before Godzilla, right? Or is it after? Walking Dead came after, I believe. Yeah. So I remember like the the Godzilla leak happening, mm. and then the, like the next day they spoiled a couple Godzilla cards because we were like, those those cards aren't real. What are those? Yeah, those yeah. helicopters and guns. Like, what are you talking about? And then like. I remember the the Godzilla thing happening, and the only like the only negative thing I can say about the Godzilla treatment is that the BioBox promo for Akoria only came yeah, yeah, in only the Godzilla, came as Godzilla. <laughs> and and Xylotha Strength Incarnate got its you know Xylotha artwork on Arena yeah. you know three years later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like the artwork exists, the card exists. They could they could print it in you know Modern Horizons three or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which I hope at some point, And I was really I was honestly really hoping Xylotha would show up in the uh, Legends five color deck from Dominaria United. Ooh, yeah. Just so we could get a paper printing of it, but it didn't. Uh, but we did get a non foil Rien, which I really liked. <laughs> but I'm just like. I'm just like that. The only negative thing I can say is there is no Xylotha card. It's only Godzilla. Yeah. But like that treatment was such a home run and everyone loved it. And then six months later, they did Walking Dead and everyone hated it. Why did they continue to do the one that everyone hated? <laughs> like, it's got to be a brand thing. It, it, that goes too far into understand. advertising and marketing that I really have uh, expertise in. Besides, I yeah. don't want to play near, <laughs> what is his name? Negan on a card and Negan, look at yeah. a jeffrey morgan i really have no idea and it, it it i have mixed feelings about the doctor who and the assassin's creed ones coming up Those because are so gonna far, be weird I, yeah they're like it, they're it's definitely so far creed. i haven't yeah I like hear yeah about that one. assassin's oh, creed's coming assassin's, out next year uh oh maybe assassin's this year. Creed secret layer yeah. along yeah it's 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 this year alongside a um i think it's final fantasy yep secret layer. final fantasy's coming and then yeah. doctor who is getting actual decks and then actual decks packs. and collectible recons yeah, and collector. Uh, yeah. But like like the thing is like Walking Dead, Stranger Things, Godzilla, like all these things, like I don't care about these things. 
Doctor Who and Assassin's Creed I very much care about. Mm. So like I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, oh, do I actually have to care about what these things look like now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... Like, like even like even 40k, like I'm not a 40k player. Like I <laughs> didn't like didn't care. I was just happy about reprints, but I'm I'm looking at these things, I'm like, oh I have to actually care now. Like this is I was yeah. not prepared for this. <laughs> I do have one uplifting story from the walking dead uh before we should probably move on from (laughs) from the topic uh but one of my friends uh he's really he's recently gotten into magic and he was also really into the walking dead and i was talking to him a couple months ago and he was saying how the next thing he was going to build was a michonne deck because he loves michonne in the in the uh the show and the card just seems super cool. And it's very clearly the same actor, same character doing the same thing on the card. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking, you know, I didn't actually believe the person existed who had a relationship with both properties and was like, I'm actually going to make this work. I assumed that oh, it was yeah, either exist, like yeah. collectors or you're trying to get Walking Dead fans into magic. But I'd never seen it in person. And so that did make me feel a little bit like, okay... When it's done as a uh, secret layer, I'm kind of okay with it. And now that we're getting, besides um, Lord of the Rings, because that's a full set, all the secret layer ones do get uh, in-universe printings, and I'm I'm more okay now. Yep, yep. They all the all the secret layer ones are getting in-universe, and then anything that comes out of like the precons or the the huge sets like Lord of the Rings, anything that's like a huge staple that ends up getting reprinted will have a in-universe version. Yeah. The thing that I want to add about the walking dead is that uh when it happened i was really irritated about it but then <laughs> like looking at the sales numbers uh it sold more than any other secret layer yeah, yeah. before it by a huge margin and like you know a, a part of that a, a non non-trivial part of that was walking dead fans who had never played or heard of magic mm-hmm. and never will just doing it for collector's value but like a lot of those people got into magic because mm. of it yeah. And like I, I just can't hold that against wizards. Yeah. Like that's a good business decision. That's a good community decision. Like that's, like, oh, yeah. it, it was irritating that those were mechanically unique. But like now they're not, right? No, they still are. No, they still haven't. <laughs> There's no plans for reprints. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, okay, they, that's that's still irritating. They, then. they went back and updated the article saying they planned to make in universe reprints, but at no point have they announced a date mm, or a okay. set uh, that they're tied to. So we're right. we're still waiting. I, I'm I'm under the impression the, that changing that article to say we're never going to do it to we will do it was more of a publicity stunt than yeah anything because c- like you know any card could be reprinted uh, besides reserve list but yeah speaking of uh, I, Warhammer 40k I I do have one yes. CPDH deck that I've been uh, working on uh, in that universe <laughs> okay tell me more it Take would be church. so originally debuted on um, the stream with Brad uh, mostly due to him challenging our opinion of it not, from a House of Commons episode. and It's not the chaplain, is it? The chap- Of course it's the chaplain. Who oh else would God. it be but <laughs> the uh, Primaris chaplain? Especially, I, I, I had an idea for it. I built it. It performed all right. It's Ortsov doing Ortsov things. But then, I yeah. can't remember who it was. It might have been Derek. It might have been um, someone else. But mentioned using Pestilence during the attack step. When uh-huh. uh, Primaris Chaplain is indestructible and Crypt Rats and that sort of thing to wipe a board, remain with your commander out in a Voltron-y fashion. And that has really yeah. let the gears start going again. So I've, I've been kind of scheming it up a little bit. I'm hoping to, to drop it on another uh, stream with the PDH pod. But 
that's what I've been putting a lot of energy into recently. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll add to that that you don't have to do it. So, I mean, Pestilence during the attack step itself mm -hmm. is great because that, that clears out blockers. But, I mean, even if you're doing something like uh, Evancar's Justice yeah. at Sorcery. Yep. So, Justice is a Sorcery, Yeah, right? yeah. Because it is yeah, until end of that turn. Second so, yeah, that second main is pretty yes. nice. <laughs> yes. Chaplain's still indestructible. Second main, cast Crypt Rats. Mm -hmm. I love this. I'm a little worried. To me, Battlecry is pulling it in the direction of having a big board. Right. And Pestilence is pulling it in the direction of not. Mm -hmm doing that so so the key uh, uh, and what i've done is you just take a little whiteout marker and you cover the first three lines of text and then and oh, then you're fine like then see, it's I no see. longer a problem and you're not worried no i most of my builds of this have come out as voltroni uh battle cry would be cool if you can get it like with some um tokens you know you've got a lot of flying spirits that maybe you could work with that but the whole giving it indestructible is just a easier thing to work around and a better mechanic i think than when you have your three or four tokens that swing for eight as opposed to four. I'm wondering if this is a deck that wants Obsidian Acolyte, Ooh. which is a two-mana, one-one cleric protection from black. For a single white mana, you can give other creatures protection from black. Yeah, that seems pretty solid. <laughs> like that, I think that that and Crown of Awe would, would go crazy distances in helping you bridge the, the battle cry mechanic with the i want a pestilence while it's indestructible yeah. mechanic no i think i think you're you're absolutely right um i will gladly take a two mana mother of ruins uh for most intents and purposes <laughs> <laughs> right there's a there's a red one too i mean a, a white one that does pro red as yeah. well uh crim crimson acolyte maybe huh. I feel like this would be a cute place to just put a bunch of pro-black nonsense, like Order of Leaper. <laughs> it also helps that, Pilgrim you know, of being Virtue. black, Primaris Chaplain can't be hit by things like uh, Doomblade or um, Snuff Out, the, yeah. the last-ditch yeah, effort yeah. of all black mages. Yeah, I I love the idea of this deck. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. We need, we need to get you into a PDH pod streamed game. I was, I was peeking the schedule. You guys have it uh, all... all crowded out for probably the next couple months it's incredible wow i haven't looked at the schedule yet. i, <laughs> I nonchalantly went on and was like crap. oh i wonder what's going on because i remember you know when it started you could uh, usually get on with like one or two weeks notice but now it's it's filled through march it's uh yeah, it's, it's a busy wow. it's a busy time to be a pdh enjoyer oh wow yeah i gotta i gotta pay more attention to that schedule because <laughs> i, I want to do more games i just been i've been busy lately hey man it happens but yeah that much more time to perfect I... your strategy and then come in and clean house <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Did you, uh, it, it's a bold to, you know, I've been gone for a while, so obviously I'll do better. But if you can pull it off, it's it's a major win. Yeah. We're at the part where I just say things yeah. now because I don't know how to uh, switch. <laughs> As a, <laughs> I've been working on the Sakarian Infiltrator deck for for what I think is competitive. Mm -hmm. That's the blue I, draw cards one, right? Yeah, it's a it's a blue, it's, it's a three mana flash one, two. With ETB draw card. Gotcha. Oh, but it's got the and, squad. It does have and the it has squad. Squad two, which is essentially replicate for creatures. When you cast it, you can pay an additional two any number of times, and uh, when it enters the battlefield, it makes that many copies of itself. So I have this deck that I think of it as competitive, largely because it runs like fifteen counter spells and fifteen control pieces. <laughs> uh, but the the control pieces are all these like bad bounce spells like aether trade winds mm -hmm. and withdraw 
and run away together. Things that will bounce someone else's creature and then also bounce one of my creatures so that I can put the Infiltrator back in my hand uh, yeah. and then spend another five or seven mana to just draw cards all day. And uh, this has been silly amounts of fun for me. And like the, what's really weird is that I didn't really put a meaningful win condition in the deck. Mm-hmm. The win condition is just eventually I will draw Sunken City... And then my army of one, two tokens becomes two, three tokens, and then you're in trouble. Like, that's that's all the more thought I put into the wind con. Like, there's a might stone in there. Yeah. There's a sky shaper. Like, that's... that's. Sunken. don't think I've ever seen this card right, so, before. Yeah, so anyone who doesn't know what Sunken City <laughs> Sunken is, City? No one, no one else did. Uh, it's double blue for an enchantment. All blue creatures get plus one, plus one, but you have to pay double blue in the upkeep. So it's like, yeah. it's it's the poor man's glorious anthem for blue cards yeah okay all right you've got me i'm in yeah it doesn't take much to convince julian to play blue but uh this did it (laughs) i i played a game with this deck uh last weekend uh, against uh yalaran and crash and wyrox and i just had a terrible draw i was like i was i was missing land drops i was trying to you know play a couple infiltrators Mm -hmm. to to get the land drops up crash was on rakdos flavored gut just making skeletons and yeeting them at people. And Yalaran was on Essior uh, Itch Tekic. Ooh, yeah. Just making huge golems. Every time Crash would sacrifice an artifact to make a skeleton, the golems would get bigger. And he was flickering their golem, flickering Itch Tekic to get more golems. And so they were just sort of wailing on each other. Uh, Wyrox was on Flux Channeler, whose whole plan is to give everyone a single infect counter and then proliferate a lot <laughs> it's like the, the tainted observer plan yeah. pro, pro it's the, the 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 poison counter is harder to get but the proliferate is easier mm-hmm. yeah um and so like the, the the three of them were just you know annihilating each other while i was sort of like stumbling around trying to find land drop number five so i could <laughs> play lots of things and then crash killed yalaran and left himself at five life while I had a sky shaper, mm. I flashed in three tokens, and the three tokens drew me Mightstone, and I won. Ooh, no and it was way. one of the dumbest things that's ever happened in a competitive so cool. game of Magic. But I got there, <laughs> I crossed the finish line with this dumb Sakarian Infiltrator deck because I top decked Mightstone, <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys. That's that is 100% of the CPDH games I've played in the last two months. And hey, you have yeah, a 100% win rate. Well two it's, it's that's amazing. good for a yeah. CPDH guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got I to gotta submit the infiltrator list. Like the, the whole time I was talking to them, they are like, so what? what's your plan? Like, do you eventually draw into a combo? And I was like, no. I'm just Sunken City. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my, my mono a... blue attacky attacky deck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no one expects the mono so, blue attacky attacky. It it did it did come out of nowhere. I tried to build a Vohar, like it was competitive ish, mm-hmm. which just means like really part of me thinks con- competitive just means I don't have to worry about people's feelings. I can just run all of the aggressively <laughs> intense control. Sure. I think that's that pretty fair. Without that's an option. Yeah. Yeah, so I built I built just a an intense control Vohar deck to try and just loot through some madness cards to get into lots of Mm-hmm. creature removal and counter spells and then like uh-huh. i think my plan with this is to eventually close games by casting a corrupt yeah. and then recasting corrupt using vohar's like flashback ability mm-hmm. 
I don't I don't know if it's gonna work, but it seemed like a cute idea. Yeah, I remember I remember when Vohar was first uh, spoiled. There was some talk between this and I think it's Witherbloom Apprentice that uh, you know whenever yeah. um, you do something, ping one, uh, gain one, everyone else loses one. And while the I think the consensus from that was like since Vohar's ability requires tapping, it's a little less consistent, etc. I, I do think there is a place for it as we get more and more cards that can utilize the graveyard. Uh, but especially yeah. because when you cast that corrupt, you don't need... All I'm trying to say is when Vohar comes down, you can activate that secondary ability instantly. It doesn't require, you know, not to be summoning sick or whatever. And I think that's something that not enough people will kind of recognize when they're up against it. Yeah. I think it I think it has potential in the right pot. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's... I don't think it's going to be super groundbreaking. I don't think it's going to, you know shatter some metas i think it i think it might take a couple people by surprise but it seems seems worth experimenting with i guess it's a super cool art too yeah i love i definitely think you could do like a like you said like a controlly list that obviously you can loot into some sort of combo especially if you Mm -hmm. want something in the grave Uh, i also think that like you know if if (laughs) if your pdh pod doesn't mind this could be a cool kind of just like toolboxy blue black commander obviously blue black carries like a stigma itself because it's essentially yeah. just the colors of pure control. But you know, if you were just kind of doing dirtily tappy tappy things and just kind of playing demure mid range, I think it would function perfectly well in PDH as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I've been experimenting with it mostly. Uh, it does it does function pretty well there because a lot of the madness things that I've I've put into the deck to make his ability card advantage and not card neutral is. Uh, Stuff like Hell Mongrel and like Grave Scrabbler mm-hmm. and uh, the, the 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 Madness Gorgon. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it, a lot of it ends up kind of mid rangey. It's like the the creature base feels mid rangey and it's just packed with lots and lots of control on the side. Like I'm I'm madnessing in these you know mid rangey Crete bodies while I'm drawing into the control pieces. So uh, it does play a bit like that. I just feel bad playing it in casual pdh games because it is very controlling and like no one no one likes it when you kill their commander for the fourth time that tends not to win you friends um if i've learned anything about uh, dh formats it's killing someone's commander does not in in debt them to you in any way yeah (laughs) yeah i would agree agree. (laughs) it's right up there with playing someone else's cards (laughs) Oh, don't get me freaking started. Doing what? Doing what with someone else's cards? Uh, playing someone else's cards. That that comes up oh, in our playing. pods a few times where it's like, I built this neat deck, and someone's like, cool, let me play all of those instead of you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know this is completely irrational, but that's like my number one pet peeve. Like some people hate infect, some people hate combos, some people hate getting milled. I'm like stop just don't touch my cards they're my cards i put them in my deck i want to play them you know and 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 it's annoying when like someone hits like a a sepulchral primordial and then reanimates you know one of the things from my grave but like when people are playing things like stolen strategy and just taking stuff right off my library and i didn't even get a chance to see it ah that uh that tells me (laughs) sounds like you and i need to have more talks because that's that's pretty much me yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) have you ever have you ever considered 
the the full implications of uh, mind slaver. Oh, fuck. we Brother, don't we're well aware of. I have traumatic experience <laughs> yeah, when I was but a wee lad. <laughs> let's not. We we gotta we gotta no we we gotta finish this sentence. Let's not. Uh, Icosynth lattice, mirror weave, and blacker lotus. Uh, isn't that mirror weave makes all. Uh, Makes a copy of an artifact. Makes every makes all of your permanents into a copy of an artifact. Oh, and Blacker Lotus is the one you rip up. So you, you use that and Blacker rip up Lotus every is the card. one you can rip up. You can rip up all of your opponent's cards if you do this correctly. Ah, well, that's just horrible. I I am amending my list of ways to lose you friends in EDH. Uh, that one might oh, be okay. at the top. <laughs> As lo- as long as we all learned something today, then that's mission accomplished. I learned something. I don't know if it's something that I wanted to know. It's <laughs> gonna go home and rethink his life. <laughs> what led us to this recording today? Just... <laughs> the next time the PDH pod calls me and asks me if I want to join them, I need to think more carefully yeah, about. My I need to find all my cards and make sure they're away from <laughs> Dave's blacker lotuses. <laughs> Good lord. Oh, but think of all the mana you'll have. <laughs> There's oh. so much mana. You can cast so many more spells that you probably can't rip up because Mirror Weave only copies the things that are in play when it results. Oh, damn. That's the important uh, thing. Now, I've never, I've never considered ripping up anyone's cards. That would be mean. I just, like, there are so many, like, just goofy, nonsensical stories that came out of, like, unglued that I just enjoy sort of, like, repeating them. Yeah. That one time when uncards were legal in EDH, a dark summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Legitimately, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> we might be getting off uh, topic from the the pauper of it all. <laughs> a little bit. Hey, there there are some unfinity uh, cards that are played in uh, CPDH. I'm sure there are some. That oh are my god, PDH yeah. As well, the uh, uh, what deck is it? It's one of Ryan's blue decks. I was looking at it. Uh, I think it was one of our final sort of deck database updates. And it it was tagged as, now I have to run this shit. And it was a... Oh, shoot. And it was a... <laughs> oh, a yeah, it was... Um, it was the command. It was, it was that, the, uh, the stickers, right? It was Sailor's Bane. Yeah, it was in Sailor's because, Bane. It was uh, the one that lets you uh, put a sticker. And we were like, if you pick the right yeah. three stickers, uh, there's just like, you're going to get something good if it's in your deck. And so it's a net positive over another effect that does something similar. Uh, but the there was some, malice towards mm-hmm. running it was was apparent. There was some absolutely yeah. like, crazy things you could get, at mm-hmm. least for that deck, right, where you're already so big. Yeah. But, like, there's, like, uh, Menace, Vigilance, um, Trample, uh, Can't Be Blocked, like, plus one, plus one, and Flying. Like, all sorts of just crazy things that, like, for two mana at instant speed, now all of a sudden, you know, you essentially you could one-shot somebody or, or yeah. absolutely uh, turn it into a even more of a monster than it is. It was, it was kind of wild just like reading them. And I was like, no, this, this actually is optimal now. And I hate it. The, the downside of <laughs> playing I, the best cards means sometimes you have to play the stupid ones. <laughs> I, I also hate it. I just, I, I had up until like three days ago, I successfully avoided ever doing anything with stickers for the whole mm-hmm. time. But I was looking at my noise Marine list and I was like, I have to, like I'm running seething song. I have to put in that stupid flipping goblin. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, the mind goblin. goblin. Yeah. <laughs> the mind goblin. Yeah. Brad, insert the meme here. So I. <laughs> What's a mind goblin? 
That really sounded like Who's you were just doing the uh, like the Dora voice. Hey, kids, <laughs> can you say Mind Goblin? Mind Goblin? No, I'm not gonna say it. Anyway, yeah, it's terrible. Like I have to, I what I did in, because it's the only card in the deck that uses stickers, and also because I don't have a copy of the card, I just took uh, one of the proxies from like the Innistrad set, and I just wrote Mind Goblin on it, and I just I wrote down the the 10 different like name stickers that i could <laughs> that could potentially attach to this thing and i'm just gonna like every time it comes up i'm just gonna roll a detail because yeah. like you know they all have these numbers on them and i'll just take that one so that this is this has been my workaround to the idiot sticker nonsense uh but yeah i i recognize that there are now decks that need to have stickers and i am also <laughs> irritated by this i built um from brothers war i built cradle clear cutter as like a casual deck it's a what is it, prototype it's one of the big artifact constructs that has prototype so uh you either play it as a six mana three six that taps to add green mana equal to mm. its power or it is a three mana one three that still has that mm. ability taps for one mana until you put an axe on it <laughs> um and the the entire deck is just axes. It's like, you know, you, you you put a bone splitter on the clear cutter, you tap it for enough mana to cast Wrecking Beast, and then you move the bone splitter to the Wrecking Beast and declare your attacks. Uh, that's that's the entire so deck. So you, you made deforestation.deck. That's exactly what it is. It's the Lumberjack. Oh, no. Uh, he, he's, got, he's got axes. He's the clear cutter. Rest in peace, guys. Cradle. Does he have any flannels, though? Um, well, that's I, for Canadian well, Highlander. It's a, it's a different format. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I laughed at that. Oh, that was uh, every once in a while I'll get work. one out there. Not your best work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. After I built this deck, someone someone was messaging me on on the Discord, and they were like, "Ah, oh, there's a couple of stickers that would be really good for this. Like, there's a handful of stickers that you know for two tickets can make it like a five one." And I was like, "Okay, but I hate that. <laughs> like, I'm not lumberjacks. Don't have stickers. I'll take a hard pass. <laughs> yeah, see, Chev gets it. <laughs> are are there other decks that we want to discuss? I know we've we've mentioned gut. We've mentioned Rilsa. Did we want to go deeper into those? Because like those are those are big. If 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 we think that we have uh, we've adequately discussed the living in horror that is staring down Rilsa Rail, then I'll I'll consider that covered. Yeah, I I think we could maybe uh, do like a quick. Um, so these are decks that are relatively straightforward to play. I would say um, gut inspiring leader. You've got a, a three-mana commander that whenever you attack, uh, sacrifice another creature or artifact to create a 4-1 menace that's attacking. And Inspiring Leader gives all your tokens plus two, plus two. So the idea here is you want to quickly get out like a, a chumpy artifact turn one or a creature, a rock turn two, and then by turn three, when gut comes down, uh, you can immediately sack something and get a skeleton. That's what you want to do for the whole deck. And Rilsa is uh, a little more... It's Rilsa is based... Yeah, you're playing blue and I black freaking love and, Rilsa. and you're doing all the things that entails, but mainly you're trying to get Rilsa out, get through the, the dungeon, and then that gives uh, a huge buff to attacking creatures, and you're running just a ton of solid blue black things that is going to incidentally keep getting better. Um, a couple yeah. initiative it is stuff. A, it is initiative and monarch uh, tribal, yeah. essentially. 
Um, Rilsa gives your attacking or a attacking creature death touch, so no one's going to want to block. So you can always regain mm-hmm. the monarch or the initiative as necessary. And then um, we're just playing all the good blue and black stuff, especially a bunch of great uh, ETB creatures. Yeah, that uh, ninjutsu. My, my favorite interaction of the deck is yeah, you can ninjutsu stuff back, which means uh, you can then ninjutsu something that gives you the initiative in case you lose it. It's like oh, I don't even have to attack this turn. I can just replay my card yeah. next turn and get the initiative again, and then. It really is so nuts how much the Undercity gives, how, like how much advantage the Undercity right. gives you. And all the cards um, from AFR that uh, when they venture into the dungeon just move you through the Undercity. Yes, right. Venture yeah. as well triggers the, all that stuff as well. The the value that she just generates casually, effortlessly is berserk. So I when think we were playing, I, when we were playing, I was playing real sub. Um, when we were practicing for Chev's. Uh, uh, a onto the uh, the playing with power um and i went through the dungeon like five times with Rosa. Yeah. it was absolutely insane yeah um it's ridiculous i forget if i won that game i think chev might have actually beat me out with the gut uh with guts but um but yeah it was it was an utter slog fest and it was also an utter value fest at least on my end i think the big thing from yeah, from both I... these decks too is while they are like a little bit straightforward it's also good to know how to deal with them and rilsa is really once Rilsa completes that dungeon, uh, it's going to get a lot worse for you. So um, giving yeah. something plus five, plus oh, first strike and menace, as well as death touch, like it, we're in a format where, you know, 16 commander damage kills you or you put this on some flying thing and you've got a, a three-turn clock. So it, it, it's vitally important that you try to keep them from attacking as much as possible or, you know, if someone is constantly fighting them, stay out of that initial fight and try and get in later. But it's okay to kind of keep hitting the commander, try and get Rilsa up to too much mana to really want to do something with, because that's obviously where the most power is going to come from. And I think while the Rilsa deck is very strong, it it gets much harder to win if you don't have the commander. So trying to just keep that out of the game as much as possible is super helpful. I paid 15 mana for Rilsa, and it still felt worth worth it. (laughs) So it might take a few hits. (laughs) The... the the problem for me, like I, I had a Rilsa deck built for mm-hmm. casual. I realized pretty quickly that it was it was really oppressive for the casual scene. Like I was, I, I would play it and people would just sort of check yeah. out of the game. They're like, "Oh, you have a thirteen power first strike menace death touch trample Eldrazi Devastator again." How original! Uh, <laughs> no blocks. <laughs> like I'm I'm yep. over it. Like, can you play something else next time? And I was like, okay, this has to stop. So I um, what I did. I guess it's not important what I do to the, I, uh, what the, the thing that sort of makes it extra scary for me is that I, my like casual build of this was packed with a bunch of stuff like Teferi's time twist and, you know, ghostly mm-hmm. flicker and, and, and the grave flicker ones as well. Like, you know, undying yeah, malice yeah. and, you know, uh, yeah. the, whatever the rest of those were just because I knew Rilsa was going to draw hate. And when someone tries to kill her and you flicker her, you get to venture again. Yeah. It's, which it's is a twist out of control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna, you're blanking the removal and just f- finishing the dungeons. It's, oh, it's so gross. It really, it really further hammers home. Like, I, I hate to say mistake, but like, you know, the the initiative, at least the Undercity, uh, kind of feels like a mistake when you can make a deck that's basically just reasonable mid range and. Mm-hmm. It just becomes way too powerful and becomes essentially a you know I mean this is one of the best performing decks in CPDH at the time, 
And like you said, you were just trying to make a normal PDH one and it still became too powerful. So yeah. Yeah. I got out of hand. <laughs> I, I had to switch her. I switched her out for, um, Safana, the black choose a background commander that gets you treasures. Ooh. If you have the initiative mm. and then dungeon Delver to double my, uh, my dungeon room okay. effect. Nice. Oh, um, and that, that just brought the power level down so much because it, I, you lose the uh, venture on ETB, which is colossal, mm. and you lose this, you know, plus five, plus O first strike minus. <laughs> also decently stuff, large, which is, <laughs> it's not small. Uh, so yeah, like uh, that. This version of the deck with Safana and Dungeon Delver is much more casual. It's much more pals meta. Like just you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna screw around with the Undercity while I attack you with this three power mm-hmm. menace thing and I make some treasures and it's fine it's not a big deal, like I'm just gonna I'm palling around, uh, but yeah the Rilsa build is out of control. Yeah. yeah, we haven't we haven't heard anything about Liam's. Liam's new been competitive. Ooh, Liam's been PDH holding deck. his cards pretty close to the chest. Liam builds competitive PDH decks, um. <laughs> or PDH decks. This is the PDH pod. Anything or, that's popular, okay, hear okay. okay. Yeah, we're the, the house okay, of commons, all commons, you know? So I am part of a Discord channel, which is uh, called AH. Ah. And I, I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but it's basically like uh, amateur altruists, kind of just, you know, messing around, uh, nice. helping each other out, helping each other learn um, and whatnot. And so uh, I set up an exchange where, you know, people alter a card for me i alter a card for them but the challenge is what they alter for me has to be a random uncommon creature of their choice but they cannot tell me what it is Mm -hmm. and so like i've set up a spreadsheet kind of thing that's on that discord that they can see so they can see like what i already have that way they don't actually do accidentally duplicate anything Mm -hmm. i did receive from someone who is not familiar with pdh a personal beast (laughs) So that was just a copy-paste of Yalaron's list. Yep. Um, <laughs> and some of the other things I've received, which are interesting, uh, I've received an Ornithopter. Ooh. Ooh. So I built a colorless Voltron list. That's pretty fun. I received a Raptor Hatchling, which for those that don't know, is one in red for, I think, a 1-1. One, one. Uh, it's a 1-1. One, one. And it has Enrage to make a 3-3 three, three Dino. With Trample. With trample and and that that one uh, is kind of Ultrani, but not really. It really only just runs the equipment that buffs its toughness. That way, I can just ping it a bunch. Mm-hmm. That one's amusing to play. I have like a year and a half ago. I have an Ethos One Sphinx that Brad made for me. That one I built. I don't want to call it competitively, but like Ethos One Sphinx is just it's a very strong. yeah, it's a very powerful card. It's just yeah, it's just strong. I don't want to say it was built competitively because that's not the way that I built it in mine, mm-hmm. but it's just it's just kind of vibing. Um, <laughs> there's something else that I built that I really feel bad that I can't remember what it. Co- oh, uh, Najal, the Stormrunner. Ooh. Uh, oh, I yeah. built a Najal deck. I've got three more coming down the pipeline. I've got a uh, Queen All in All of Ruadoc from Dominaria United. Mm-hmm. I've got a Grum Gully deck coming. And then I've got a Keskit and Halana deck. Ooh. Tell me about the Keskit and Halana deck. <laughs> Interest peak. Keskit and Halana is the reason why uh, I have not ordered Queen All-in-All or Grumgully yet, because I'm still figuring them out. Mm-hmm. It started out 
as kind of a meme deck of Golgari. Uh, but then I realized we have all these like little 1-1 death touch creatures. So what happens when I cast one and then pay an extra two mana to just use them as a kill spell? And then what happens when I feed them to Keskit to draw cuts? <laughs> you the have a lot of I just fun. Create a, the, the answer is I just create a Golgari value machine and don't really do anything. Uh, there's an artifact sub-theme to the deck because Keskit also cares about artifacts, but like it's not like a super heavy thing. It just means that I run like more artifact creatures. Uh, and I run an awkward density of those thing of those artifacts of like come in do a mm-hmm. thing when they leave do a thing. Right. It's it's a weird deck. I'm still working on it. I I I will definitely be posting about it when it's done because I told the person I was like you know what I don't have a Golgari deck. Yeah. I would like a Golgari deck, and they were like <laughs> say no more. And I was like okay, and th- that's what showed up in my mailbox. And I was like I'm going to need to know where this thought process was going. And they're just like oh I just picked two random partners, and I was like. Okay, sounds good. Um, <laughs> I was, I was, you know, I looked at it and I was just like, you know what, challenge accepted, and I'm, I'm walking on. Excited to see where that goes. Uh, once I get those, once I get those done and ordered, I have um, my my dual deck project that I need to get back to. I've I've been working on making like PDH dual decks to use to introduce people mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. format. Norika and Heiko they've been built and solved for freaking ever that those those ones those ones i have uh urza and mishra i'm still working on building them Mm. um because urza is pretty straightforward mishra is (laughs) not the mishra half is what's making me struggle because i can build a functional mishra deck it's just nowhere near the power level Mm -hmm. of urza and if it's a dual deck meant to be played against each other to, to be even in in power i want them to be balanced or I always end up playing Mishra and let them yeah. play Oza and easy. Just yeah. build build a profoundly shitty Urza. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, Problem solved. Yeah, uh, it's, and then, it's what it's what he deserves. And then it's if we're being honest. It's funny that we should have mentioned Chaplin earlier because earlier this week when when Dave was going on in the Discord about his new uh, uh, cycle of decks. It inspired me to look up the 40k decks because I have a. There's a weird number of people at my LGS who are into Magic and 40k, and I'm not in that mm. population. I was just like, well, I could get these people into PDH by building 40k PDH decks. And so I looked up, you know, what are the PDH commanders? I realized there are only three two color 40k mm-hmm. commanders. Two of them are Simic, one is Orzov. So I was like, okay, cool. Orzov versus Simic, which one? Uh, I chose Trigon Prime because it seemed like the more interesting mm-hmm. of the two versus Voltron build. So yeah, so Primaris Pr- Chaplin versus Trigon Prime is the uh, the next project I need to work on while I figure out Mishra in my head. Because I'm just going to let that one stew for a while. Yeah, those are all my projects going on right now. There's a hell of a lot of projects all, and all seem amazing. Yeah, yeah. This man has many irons and many fires. <laughs> What's the opposite of too many cooks in the kitchen? Too many ingredients in the... <laughs> How many hosts can we get on a single pauper podcast? <laughs> Is that a challenge? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I don't know. I, I there's, there's just a lot that I want to work on, need to work on, and so little time. Most most of it will probably be done over the summer because my summer is looking wide flipping open. Oh, right. So, yeah. We look forward to your prolificness. I, I look forward to it too. 
<laughs> get this man off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Feels. I feel like. I feel like Chev saying the words "get this man off the air" is the perfect segue <laughs> into our outro. It only took him the whole uh, podcast is... to to get one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad I'm glad he said it at this point and not like 20 minutes in because like it would have been if if he'd said like, that well you know we gotta ago, do it been like all right <laughs> yeah, boys, that's the shortest episode yeah. thanks for coming <laughs> we can't we can't we can't miss an opportunity like that uh, is is there anything else we desperately need to say before we wrap this up no um I I think for me it, it was a blast uh, talking to you guys again I know it's been a while since we've done a um, a crossover and stuff like that and it's been super cool to kind of talk to you guys about PDH. Thanks for thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah, I'm always a pleasure. I am delighted and grateful that you guys were able to come out and uh, help us out this week. It's great. It's great to he- hear from you. It's great to have you back for for an episode. Man, the heavy cash bribes helped. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do what I can. Chef, you got, I got cash. <laughs> I called the SWAT team on my house. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta answer faster. <laughs> yeah. This is a this is a this is a teachable <laughs> that's moment. That's true. That's true. Teachable moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's teacher speak. Uh, all right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh, a couple more things before we wrap it up for the week. If you need more Popper Commander talk, or you have any questions about the format, you can email the show at thepdhpod at gmail or head on over to the PDH home base's website or Discord server. You can find Liam and Brad on Twitter at Popper Command and popper underscore b uh you can find dave which is me i'm reading a script as alcadron just about anywhere else pdh is being talked about uh i that's not true brad (laughs) will put all the links in the details including that playing with power video and where can where can folks find our hex drinking friends if they want to reach out to you with with questions concerns and or your youtube channel well while we might not be producing any new um episodes currently the the existing episodes are still out there in the ether for both edh pdh and whatever random things we came up with in after dark uh all house of commons which is our cpdh stuff is going on youtube um as we speak and we're still monitoring the twitter at uh hex jewels hex chev and hex drinkers outstanding great As episode 39 of the PDH pod comes to a close, we'd like to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, play some PDH, and we'll see you in a week. Cheers. Peace. He changed that last part. That wasn't, that's not right. Yeah, Brad, Brad always says peace and then I say cheers. Ah, I see. That's, that's the... A little, a little part of me hopes this stays in. I'm going to hit the stop button before this gets out of here. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I brought proper text to the party. Pop. I brought proper text to the party. I brought proper text to the party. Brought pop protects at the party.